Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, the number one ranked entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and those aspiring to be so. The aim of this show is to showcase the world's most inspiring and interesting people who've decided to screw it, just do it. We offer 20% inspiration and 80% education, giving you the tools and advice to start, grow, and scale a successful business. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, podcast agency owner with a number one podcast, and startup advisor to Global Startup Generator and Early Stage VC, Antler. Each week, I release two episodes, a Q&A every Wednesday with one of the world's most inspiring figures, plus a solo episode every Saturday where I cover the challenges that all of us are facing as entrepreneurs. Welcome to another episode of Screw It, Just Do It, which this week comes to you from the home of George Cruz, co-founder of CBD and wellness brand 4-5, and ex-England international rugby player and British liar. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So, always um, start each podcast off by asking a guest what the Screw It, Just Do It moment was that led them to where they are today. So, interested to know, like, your aha moments, your eureka moments when it comes to, like, finishing your career as a professional a sportsman and venturing into the world of entrepreneurship and, and starting four or five your your CBD and vitamin brand. Does this say uh, a screw it for the rugby career or the business? Business, yes. Business. I'm a, a definite one. There was a definite out and out one. Both my, myself and Dom, uh, the other co-founder, both sitting on uh, physio beds again after I don't know, but between us, we maybe had fourteen or fifteen operations, and both sitting, both had one, and within the within a week of each other, and. Uh, I said, all right, let's, let's, let's figure out what we do from here. Um, let's, I guess the, the first step was, well, how can we like recover better? What's the better, what's out there at the moment? Uh, Dom's quite, uh, Dom will go like push the boundaries on obviously legally, uh, yeah. in terms of as a tested athlete, but definitely, you know, he's, he's searching for what's the best thing. And, uh, at the time CBD in America and Canada was pretty hot, especially for athletes. And yeah, I think we just both, right, let's get down to the local shop and, uh, see, see how, if this works for us got a really good benefit out of it and then off the back of that i guess like a sportsman we've got probably an obsession with trying to get better quicker trying to you know trying to get back on field and those like smaller marginal things really make big differences at the end so that that was i guess the the process of how we got into it but again sitting there like a few weeks later going all right well you know we're still gonna be out for a few months let's you know could we should we and we took on the task of you know creating our own company really and was that a case of seeing what was out there, like, you know, doing your research, first of all, using the products that you and Dom have been using and yeah. saying, actually, I don't think it's that huge over here, but given what's happening in America, I yeah. think this is worth. It was completely a balance of that. So it was, a, um, I guess we, we thought there was an opportunity, but then also as tested athletes, you know, we, we definitely weren't happy with maybe the CBD we were taking. Uh, okay. You know, there's a, there was, and probably still is a lot of, you know, crap out there at the moment, uh, and we just went, okay, well, let's just let's try and apply like the the rigor and the sort of uh, high levels of I guess intensity and sort of effort you put in into a product uh, that can represent you know a well tested. And interesting to know then again, as you mentioned it before, I was going to go into it later, but screw it, just do it moment when yeah. it comes to rugby. Watching my brother get into the uh, like local county team. I just thought that is not acceptable. I, I want to, as I said, like you, you see all like the, you know, the, the kudos, but the, you know, the, 
the enjoyment he got out of it. And I thought, right, yeah, we've got, I've got two other, two brothers. So uh-huh. yeah, it gets quite competitive. So <laughs> I would just try and one up them. Yeah. And you did. <laughs> yes. Two, 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 uh, what I didn't realize was that, um, you were already business partners with Dom, but in a, in a property business. Did you start that when you're both still playing as well? Yeah. So yeah, started that both, both at Saracens probably a year or so before, before setting up four or five. Yeah, just kind of buying some commercial properties, some garages, all those sort of bits, and and then just you know, finding other people to put money in and, and you know co-investing really. And is read yesterday like Reese Priestland. Um, so I'm from Cardiff, and Cardiff's my club. Reese Priestland's gone from yeah. Bath, but it's Cardiff. And he he was talking about in the papers last night about his career after rugby. And he yeah, and I maybe got another year in me. But when I was at Bath, three. Thinks he's got another year. Yeah. We're going to be emailing him. <laughs> doesn't he doesn't uh, know he's a, he's a really nice guy good man is he good player as well yeah, yeah he's a very good player he, he did really well at bath or his card if he's yeah. taking a bit more of a back seat so, yeah. uh, to jared evans but uh he, he, i think him and two other uh the bath boys sat their financial advisor exams and he's yeah he's got that and he's already thinking of life beyond rugby but in your experience is it unusual for athletes to start thinking about their career and given what's happened at Wasps and Worcester and the kind of out-of-work player pool getting bigger, is that something that you can only see more of, that people are looking earlier to the end of their careers? It's been a huge change. Like, I've, I've, I've seen it. I'm, like, I've got, you know, a lot of my mates are still heavily involved in rugby. Good, good few of them are coming to the end, and, like, you can see them going, oh, I, I have to really start thinking about this, or I should have thought about this touch earlier. But that, 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 the change in, I think the RPA, which is Rugby Players Association, yeah. they've been doing a really good job of at least trying to get people in, do, do, you know, do it one day a week, do something and okay. setting up stuff. Definitely part, I was part of a club which was very good at that. So Sarah says early door, like made sure anyone under 25 or something was doing a degree or doing a trades course or like they had pretty, pretty good steps in place. But I, I'm, yeah, I'm still blown away by how many. You know, I come in like there might be six months out and not really have thought about it. Um, but it is, yeah. But it, it is, um, it's something which is definitely becoming more and more important. Because I, I remember interviewing James Haskell, who you'll know for now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, but it, it was interesting, like when I spoke to him, because he'd been planning on going out in a blaze of glory at the world cup in 19 and then he i think it was his knee he injured yeah and um when i spoke to him i think it was in the september and he didn't know what to do he had you know a load of options but he really didn't know which route to go down but it was funny what what came out most for me we we kind of talked about you know you've done the fitness stuff before Mm. and do the after dinner speaking the media stuff but was he was he just lit up every time he talked about the djing yeah and it seems like he's he's done more of that yeah. and he's obviously written something nuts like six books and uh i know yeah in the meantime you'd never know he's written a book at the moment would you yeah exactly <laughs> literally everywhere and anywhere on social media but for you you went out on your own terms there's none it must be a really small percentage of athletes who yeah. actually say that though yeah uh <laughs> yeah a ballsy call but i think like it's kind of very pre-planned and like it's not like a reaction or anything it was you know, this has taken me a long time to decide whether I wanted to pull the trigger this year, the following year, or, or the year after. Like, I, I'm 32. I could definitely do, you know, three or four more years, especially yeah. position. But 
Could be a Tom Brady and 46. <laughs> Give me some Super Bowl medals, yeah, or rings, I'll pay you. But, uh, no, I think, I think that for me, there was the, the opportunity, you know, like those Sigma curves or the, the crossovers, like I didn't, I've never wanted to be someone who just like declined and then gone into, you know, people questioning whether you're good or bad or like, whether you're worth the money that you're on those sort of things. So yeah, for me, it was like, I, I wanted to leave the, the party a touch early, but I could only do that when, you know, the next thing is at a state where, you know, I'm, it's ready to, to kick on. And I think with four or five, like, you know, we're hitting up some really decent retailers now and we're, we're in a nice position to, 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 to push forward. And, um, I think that's when it was, you know, amongst a number of other things, like the sacrifices you have for giving up weddings, all those sort of things, body injuries, mark that, you know, the concussion things there's a, there's a lot that goes into making a decision like that. And I, you know, I spent maybe three or four months with a sports site to, to settle down and put everything out on the table and go, right, well, this is the sort of things I want to achieve by this and, and so on. But it takes a long time. It takes a lot of thought. Uh, and I think sometimes like the money is just a bit too easy. The, yeah, you know, it's just the next, the contract's there and people just take it until probably they get to a point where like, oh, I'm, I'm sore and this is going to affect me long-term or, uh, or I haven't thought of what's ahead of me type stuff. So I don't know, probably pr- bit, a bit obsessively pre-planned, but, um, how, how many years out then from when did you start thinking about it? Was it like 29 yeah. or something like that as you can say? Uh, well, I'd say, um, I'd say it. Probably about a year and a half ago, I started like properly considering it. It took me, like I said, about six months to make that decision. But like I was kind of making the decision for myself in 18 months time. Right. So like the next, the other thing I would have wanted, loved to have done is probably hit another World Cup, which would be in 2023. Yeah. So 18 months ago, I had to make the decision. Okay, well, in 18 months to 2023, like October time, is that going to be too much for me? Or have I, would I have missed out on the opportunity of, four or five and seeing that grow more um that that was a sort of thought process and uh, what do you think i'm going off piece here what do you think of uh, an alan Wynn making a last go he's going to be your 36 37 you know, same uh, position here yeah um but the, like we're in positions which we can do that i think it's more of an experience-based position you know you almost get paid more for the older you get in, in our position so it's it's um he's done incredibly well like fair play to him he's you know he's hit three lions tours he's Captain Wales for excellent amount of time. Yeah. And he keeps going, so fair play to him. And difficult question, maybe, but in, any regrets coming up to a year, I suppose, since you finished your last contract? Not at the moment. Like, I, I go to the games, I watch the games. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I enjoy, I really enjoy rugby still. I enjoy, I enjoy watching it. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, it's tough seeing, you know, seeing the people singing the national anthem and playing and running out in front of honey, well, 80,000. Do you stop yourself from running on the pitch and joining in the singing anthem? No, no <laughs> I, I can't run anymore. <laughs> uh, but I think, like, like, that is a huge privilege. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. And to, like, maybe, you know, possibly have the opportunity to still have been in that position. Yeah. You, know, you question some bits, but I, because of the, I think the, the plan that I put in place is it was pretty easy to go like, nah, I'm happy because I've done this. I'm doing this and, you know, I'm content. No regrets. No regrets. I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm like, good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's been a smooth transition? What what kind of things have you missed the most? Has it been more the, like the camaraderie of being in like the, the team setting or has it because you've started a business and you've already built a team with a lot of people, they might be going out on their own and doing a trade or something and they, they don't have that. It's, difficult for them but 
for you, do you think it's been an easier transition like that? And you've had a business partner as well, you haven't been on yeah. your own. Yeah, no, the, the business part is a huge thing. I know people often debate like, you know, do you do it by yourself? Do you have a partner? I'm a big advocate of having a partner. I think, um, you know, share the load in terms of decisions and so on. So how long from idea to start full fire yeah. to actually starting it? Like when you're on the treatment yeah. camps, what was that kind of time scale like for you two? I mean, we had to set up a company, which like it, rugby players, are, well, I, I say athletes in general are so, so sheltered. So, so like, you, you know, you ask someone to do a, a, an email in a day, it will take them, you know, it will take them a week. So it's just like, it's like that, that first bit is like, okay, we've got to set up a company. It probably took us way too long. Whereas actually you can set it up and you can set it up in a couple of days. But yeah, uh, I think once like, once that was done, all right, well, we've made a company that's just, we've got to dive in now. So I think probably sitting on physio beds in say January 18, uh, to having what a, a product on shelf. Yeah. Online. Yeah. Yeah. 10 months. 10 months. Okay. Quite, quite long time. I mean, we are still doing a business. We're still there far longer. Like yeah. a lot of the businesses we've interviewed, yeah. like they always just say the getting the manufacturer is the hardest thing. Yeah, the hardest thing. Would you agree with that? Supply chain is big. Yeah, especially in a you know in, a, in an FMCG business, it's yeah, it's a huge thing. Uh, I think for us it was just like big things were like uh, negotiating around um, setting up bank accounts in a in an in a area like CBD that was growing at the time. It was quite. Um, yeah, it was quite. It was hard to get a, a trading business account attached to a company. Okay, those sort of yeah. things took like three or four months just to do that. But obviously, like yeah, the manufacturing stuff, uh, learning a lot more about it. Like you, you can't just go in and just profess to know everything. You got to do like some hard graft and create a lot of contacts within that within the industry and finding you know finding a, a decent nutritionist, finding a decent uh, neuroscientist who can help along with with all the CBD bits and yeah, yeah, it's probably building the team. I think 10 months, yeah. Okay. And you've already touched on, I was going to ask you about what it's like from going in like a team environment. Like while I worked for Virgin Atlantic, like everything was done for us. Again, we were really like cocooned in that they booked the hotel for you. Yeah. They'd give you an envelope with money and then, you know, yeah. a card and load money on it. There'd be transport, a range. All of a sudden, that's, you have to do everything for yourself. Like, is that one of the biggest yeah. leaps? It is, yeah. It, it really is. Like the, the fact that like you have, so, a normal, like we're going normal day training you go in there'd be your food supplements there uh you go into change room you'd have like a nice little folded thing with all your all your kit out laid out for you uh you don't have someone to put your socks on but i don't know <laughs> what the world's coming to but uh and then you go upstairs you got your breakfast laid out you've got uh, you go to the gym programs laid out you know you've got sometimes like you'd have like one like almost a one-to-one trainer with you you know doing doing all the bits uh with you and and then you go, you have food, you've got the meetings all laid out. It's, it's so simple. It's like school on steroids. Yeah. It's just so easy. And all you've got to do is just like properly apply yourself and train and, and work as hard as you can. Uh, I think I think coming away from that, you know, where you've got to organize meetings, emails, team team members, like the, that management pit is it's like a coach going from being a like a single school, like a defense coach to being a team manager. You sometimes see them like just not not work you know that's like you could they could be the best coach in the world at a certain thing but then they have to go and manage a team it's just so i think that sort of like understanding almost like off you know, delegation is a huge thing because we're quite proud people who are quite like let's take this on take this on yeah i'd say that the organization bit of sorting yourself out sorting your life out so you're not then you know if you're setting up a meeting and you're late or something that affects other people if you're not yeah. on track 
Yeah. So I think that, yeah, a hard, fast track learning curve in those 10 months of like, right, this is actually, these are business standards because you don't know what business standards. No. You know, like you could turn up five minutes later, you know, that, that would annoy someone. Yeah. It, it annoys people in sport as well, but that's probably a poor example. But, you know, yeah, there's a lot of different areas which are completely different to, uh, to, from sport to business. And, um, what stopped you from, from doing it sooner then? Was there anything that was stopping you and Dom from like pressing go on this? Project before then, I, I think really like we didn't really know about CBD until pre two thousand eighteen. But th there was also CBD as a uh, as a banned s substance came off the banned substance control list right in January two thousand eighteen. So it kind of all aligned quite quite nicely. Um, yeah. So you've got like in a cannabis plant, you'll have a number of different cannabinoids. THC is the one which is like gets you high. CBD, there's lots like CBN, CBG, load of other cannabinoids. CBD got taken off and banned substance list, so Sick. kind of like okay. all aligned at once, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what interested to know again? So how do you split up different roles that you you yeah. dive? Do one of you CEO, yeah. MD? I mean, how, how did that work out? Was that combo like? There's a big hat at the start of the day, and we just go and arm all sales today. <laughs> uh, now nah, I think it kind of just um, probably like falls into your personality or your work type, mm -hmm. I guess. I think. Um, so Dom's a bit more on the sales side. I will do more investor comms, networking, business development bits, uh, probably a bit more team, team oriented bits. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think it should go to there, but we're, we're actively looking for an MD at the moment who can, who can basically, like, I shouldn't be doing a lot of the, the team management bits. I should be sorting out, you know, EMI, those sort of, those sort of bits. I should be going out selling and all those. So. I think at the moment, like that's a huge step for us, and I'm super excited to to get that person on board. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and, but people, you know, you got, you got to do everything at once uh, yeah, at the beginning, and then you know, as you grow, you section out different things. I think that's our next one, which I think will make a huge difference because, like, we've got good contacts, we you know, and, and love speaking to people, and you know, and, and selling as well. So it's yeah, it's about that times will be good for us. And it what was the what was the first hire you made them? I mean, just like day one, there's like yeah. you two in the kitchen or whatever. First hire, yeah, it was a very hardworking South African. Uh, in fact, you only only left there not too long ago to go into a completely different sort of, I guess, career path. But yeah, a good hardworking South African, more just to do everything that we can really do in sort of you know packing and all those layer like, catch was like a yeah, it was, it was brilliant, it was really good, and and we're at like maybe eight or nine staff now. One over in South Africa as well. So yes, we're, we're growing. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt your listening to this episode, but we need you to vote. It's that time of year again. It's one of my favorite times of year. We count down the top 10 most requested episodes of this year, i.e. your favorites, okay? All you need to do is click on the link in this description for this episode and vote for your favorite episode of 2022. Then just before 2023, we're gonna count down your top 10 most favorite episodes and announce the winner. Who's gonna be number one? We've been doing this for a few years now. I love it. So we've had some old favorites, people like Piers Linney, Magnus Grimmeland, Sabrina Stocker, Brendan Kane, and we've had some amazing online and in-person interviews. Way too many for me to list through here, but some of my personal favorites would definitely be meeting John Cordwell at the most expensive house in London, the former Phones for You billionaire, 
uh, meeting Seedlips Ben Branson, something I've wanted to do for years. Matthew Mills, the husband and CEO of Deliciously Ella. And then also for that, I would also say Simon Leslie from Inc. Media, the onboard media business. So a whole load of others I could recommend, but this is about you, your favorite. So click the link, vote, come back and listen to the rest of this episode. And what were your attitudes to risk, like you compared to Dom as well? Yeah, different. Different, but I hear but different. Dom, Dom likes a punt. Uh, yeah, and I'm sort of, I guess, probably a bit more risk adverse. But, but that's the beauty in having, you know, founders which are which are different. And yeah. I, I'm like, and you can't be the same founders. I think you've got to have differences. Definitely. Um, yeah. You know, so he'll come to me with something and be like, "That, I'll just, that's mental. That is, that is <laughs> off the table." And I'll go to him with something. He's like. Mate, come on! We're like, we've already done twice, twice as much as that. Or the other side, like, oh, okay, fine, yeah. And so there's a lot of conceding. Um, we haven't actually had a, a, a decent blow up yet. Um, That's disappointing. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm try- <laughs> I kept trying to poke him. With, with bit- Who would win? Yeah. Who would win? But um, really, uh, uh, I keep trying to keep trying to poke him. But um, yeah, no, got good strong relationship. Good relationship. And um, what were some of those first actions that you took? Maybe you can give some examples to the audience that, you know, when you started the business, was it an email? Was it a phone call, a conversation with somebody? What kind of kicked things off, you know, from yeah. that initial idea and going down and seeing what, you know, products were in the shops? It was, yeah, like it's all product led for, for ages, isn't it? But it was then just trying to find like suitable agencies to, to, to fit certain things. Like we didn't want to hire immediately because we needed to do a lot of learning. So using the agencies to learn. And then finding people who, who can then take certain bits in house. Yeah, a lot of it was just network building, and like we're, we're incredibly fortunate with the, I guess the sport we're in. It is, a, it is a probably a, it's a sport with a lot of people who, you know, you look at Twickenham, you look at the people who go there in the in the corporate lounges and so on. There's a, a lot of like CEOs and so. Yeah, true. C-suite from a lot of big companies, which you know can can really really help out. So it's it's very very aware of that uh, of that and you know the efforts that. I guess, you know, I've taken to get to that spot. But and, and did you have a network at that point from doing, you know, just meet and greets and stuff up yeah. before and after games? Or was it something that you, you know, because I can imagine some players would just shy away from that and just yeah. get a beer and go and sit in the corner, you know? Yeah, I, I, I'd i sit very much uh, on 50-50 of that. So I'd do like yeah. a good stint of like, right, let's let's crack on, meet some good people. Uh, and then I would go for the beer. <laughs> I mean, it's quite, yeah. But I, I think in, in hindsight, I probably would have done a, 75 20 yeah it's it's an incredible asset but it's uh you know and post career it can take you a long way but uh, yeah I, I think it's it's like the next steps or who we were who we were getting hold of mainly agencies through trusted networks just to kick things off and then it's just about it was for us it was about setting up like a, a good advisory network uh, of like people we can pick their brains of yeah sense check stuff probably do, should have done a bit more sense checking some ridiculous things that we've done and some made mistakes and give us give us an example George so so Dom has a friend in, in Ireland who who set up these they're like you know in like shopping malls and they'll have like little stands yeah yeah, yeah. you know like the you set you set that one they absolutely killed it for vaping okay yeah so we're like we're on something there we could set these up all over England in that in like you know Westfield or this yeah and put CBD in them and Obviously, the market just wasn't there, but right. but we didn't test that or sense check it, um, no. and we bought like three or four 
you know, pricey numbers for these like big counter things, you know, LEDs on and sort of, you know, we, we got people down there into, uh, into, we hired people to, oh, this project took so long. We, we hired people to, you know, you know, man the force there and, and do all the promo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and we was like, it was like one sale a day. I think within like three weeks, we're like, cut it. Couldn't really sell the units because it, we, we were going into lockdown and like it was, so basically we just like, yeah. We took about forty grand and just lobbed out the window. Yeah. But you know, we live in them. Yeah, don't tell the investors that. <laughs> now I'm, I'm joking. They know. They know. But um, that like that 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 was like a good learning curve where we just sat back and went, "We've got to do more research on stuff we do." Like you know, you can't just you, you can't just have an idea which suddenly like, three or four people go, "That's a good idea," and then that validation like that's not works. It's got to be. It's got to be. I guess a bit more data driven and. Uh, yeah, it can't just be because four people say it, it sounds good that yeah. that's what we'll do. That's a great example, especially looking at the experience of the four people in the room who said, yeah, it looks good. It was like so, so, two rugby players, you know, some guys who worked in, you know, um, like shoe shops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> random. It was, it was a random mix, but yeah, it didn't work out for us to put it that way. And what do you think if you, if you both hadn't pulled the trigger on four or five? Yeah. What would you be doing now today in twenty twenty three, Julie? I probably would have been heavily putting you know, putting money into property to be honest. Like that like okay. Sports people I I speak half of or rubber but it is property shop property and coffee shops. Like that's the that's the that's the that's the way forward. But and it you know, it serves well. It definitely serves well for a large number of people, you know, in the last thirty years because of the way property's gone, but could be interesting in the next few years. Tell me, like, again, when you go back to, like, when you were both on the, on the treatment coach, you said, like, mm -hmm. between, between you, like, 14, 15 injuries over the year. Yeah. Can you remember, like, what wasn't injured over the years? Then, basically? Probably easier, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just, like, I've got to the point where we had so many operations with the same surgeon that he, he's now invested into our company. There's actually two of them. One's, I love my, one's on my knee. One's, I mean, they are unbelievable. They're, like, the... the they are unbelievable surgeons, and they do all the the um, all the rugby and football players and so on. But it's funny. Like I'd turn up, I'd be like, oh. I was like, "Where are you gonna put money?" And he's like, "Oh, next one." <laughs> so the next one, like, we're in. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the that's the point where we got to. And what was um, you know, the the injuries that you both had at the time, if you can remember, that you'd started exploring CBD with, yeah. and you were getting like some benefit from that. Uh, I had a. I was having, I think, my third ankle operation on my left side. Um, so it was a more of a clear out. You know, I had little bits of floating bone and that. And Dom, I think, had a meniscus on his knee, sort of a, another clear out. And, um, yeah, we were just sitting there post-Christmas post ops. Um, but, but, yeah, I think, like, CBD was a, was a starting point for us. And from there, we you know, we looked at what other nutrition, what other things we were taking, our, our daily essential stacks, so our vitamins, our biotics, fish oils. I guess when we looked at that, it was, it was like very, very clear that when you do it like a deep dive into those things, it's like it's got this amount on the NRV for, you know, for this marketing claim, it's got this amount for this. It's all sort of, it's all marketing driven. Yeah. And I think, you know, you look at 90% of the, you know, the vitamins and that in, in retail high street, that a lot of them are very much geared towards how they can market the product rather than, you know, what's essentially good, what can be absorbed what's useful, what's effective. And uh, I think for us, we've got some very good nutritionists on board. So it's not like me and Dom just trying to cooking us, but 
it's been this bit of that but yeah like it was essential for us to, i guess with our background and and um like to put that sort of rigor put that like amount of effort into making sure it's a good quality product and then and then it should be able to market itself it's funny like another era but when i used to play rugby and the, the highest i ever got was bar 13 yeah and i ended up mean team they had a well, unbeaten season between well, I, I was like the era and it, you know, to try and get into the first team at that point, like Andy yeah. Robinson was like the number seven hole in Bath, you know, yeah, yeah. you got, you know, Neil back playing against him at Leicester and stuff. So to get into the third team was like highlight of my career playing, playing at the rec, which you would have played on many times, but you know, but yeah, but, but back in those days it was, you know, like magic sponge or, or DP, but things have obviously accelerated very quickly. Yeah. I know like other players in the space that, that we've had on the podcast, like Pure Sport, yeah. Canaray as yeah. well. Where do you think you can, you know, carve out a, a niche for yourself? Where do you think you can you can differentiate in, in the marketplace? And sounds like you, you've gotten in at a good time. Whereas again, like it'd be that thing like starting a coffee shop now compared to like 10 years ago, for example. Yeah. But yeah, where, where do you think um, are your strengths and, and where you can kind of carve out your USP for, for four or five? Yeah, like we are... I guess like if you probably look at a retail shelf in the sports, I'm sorry, in the CBD or wellness or vitamin section, there'll always be like, there'll probably be a kid's one, the kid's vitamin, a, a male, a female, you know, a bit more of a lifestyle one, maybe a beauty one. And then there'll be a sports or active one. I think for us, we're in Boots, Tesco's, uh, we've just launched in Holland Barrett. Uh, Congrats. We're launching in Lloyd's as well, Lloyd's Pharmacy. So. I think for us within those sectors, like we are going hard out on making sure that, you know, we're the go-to active or sports brand. So for us, that's like, it kind of like flows through with, with everything in the company though. Like, you know, we are uh, wellness suppliers to professional sports teams like Saracens and Tigers and yeah, and a number of others with, you know, we've got 15 plus pretty world-class international athletes in different sports invested into our company. Uh, and, and we are like, you know, a lot of the other investors are also sports business companies who have invested in. Uh, so we're, we're pretty we're pretty set on, uh, you know, if we were then go to a face mask, it would, it would be a little bit a bit, a little bit out of the box. But for us, it's, it's sports and active angle. And were your first customers the athletes that you, you already knew? Yeah, I, I, it's essentially, yeah. I think that there was a lot of um, a lot of customers through through sport or professional sport. I think for us, it's like it's really it's, it's it's important for us to to like I guess explain the story of like it's you know we put all the effort and the background and the, um, like the the intensity that it takes from a sports sports profession into making these these supplements. It's that doesn't necessarily mean that they are only for you know professional sports people. It's just that they are of a standard that we are happy with. Yeah, uh, you know they're highly tested, third party tested by multiple different people. So that's kind of like the, the the approach we're going for, but definitely more of a you know anyone who's active sort of sort of angle. Yeah, because I saw like the, the mission, and maybe it's changed a little bit. But you know, when I was doing my research, you know, one of the things I read was that is to allow people to live their most active life, and I love that because it's like massive vision. Yeah. But if you kind of draw it in, it also sounds like it's achievable. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Just for like your average Joe like me, who you're not average, but but below it. <laughs> below average but you know finished playing rugby ages yeah. ago but i've started running and i did the new york marathon back in november and i'm doing london yeah. uh in april but 
you know, I knew nothing about nutrition. I did a marathon on my own during lockdown and I went out with five jelly babies in my pocket. Then you hit a wall. And I managed, yeah, I did. I, I still finished it, but I did it. But then doing New York, you know, five jelly babies and, and a water pack. And the was soggy as well. <laughs> exactly. The water pack burst at 10 miles, like cascading down my back, down my legs, jelly babies, soaked to death. Had to put in a phone call to, um, to my wife to, to like drive out and make me half over. Yeah, protein bars this time, yeah. yeah. But when I did New York, you know, I got like science products and, and I think you've just released something similar with like the um, tablets that go into into your drinks and like the energy gels and stuff like that. Somewhere over there, somewhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah. some hydration tablet. Yeah, so t talk us a little bit about the, the product range that you got at the moment, like yeah. any NPD that you got. Yeah. Cooking up in the in the kitchen at the moment as well. In the yeah. I, I like for us it's important to understand like our need states when playing uh, when playing professional sport, we're like, you know, we wanna recover quicker, we wanna get over we wanna get over this. Like sleep is a big thing, focus is a big thing, you know, anxiety is a big thing for a lot of people within uh, professional sports. So just trying to like I guess assess those big need states because they are the same between, you know, a professional athlete and a non professional athlete, you know. You, you you also need your sleep as much, yeah. and and that that translation is uh, huge for us. Uh, and I think we've tried to like, create products or are creating more products that really section out some of those areas. So okay, things like sleep, you know, there is like CBD is a great a great example for that. But then uh, you know, like the new product development, we a lot more focused around things like focus. Like I said, number of different areas. But at the moment, we've got a good CBD range. Uh, and that will have tinctures, capsules, topicals, so like a deep heat with yeah, CBD. That's like my favorite to one. Yeah. Post-marathon. Uh, You've got to watch where <laughs> you put your hands after. Correct. On. <laughs> and, then, and then we've got a really good stack of daily essentials, so male, female multivitamins, fish oils, biotics, uh, a lot of those with like very good studied ingredients, so trademarked ingredients, which have like good science behind them, mm -hmm. making sure that it's the quality and, and the testing that is, uh, that is right high up there. We've brought out a hydration tablet recently. I think hydration for me is like, a, it's such a huge topic, which is also, also under sort of, you know, the amount of people that will go to the gym and, you know, maybe they'll go to the toilet before the gym and their, you know, urine will be bright orange and then they'll go do a gym session regardless. Yeah. Like we, uh, as I guess as athletes. Here we go. Some we prepared earlier. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we as athletes. We'd get tested before, so urine tested before training, uh, and if it was over a certain level, you'd be pulled from training because really the, the risk of injury is just too high. Wow! You know, if you don't have enough uh, water in your in your in your muscles, you're, 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 they're easier to tear. You also don't get much out of the you know the performance or actually doing the exercise mm -hmm. itself. So I think that as an indicator of like where people are at, they, you know, a, a simple use is just looking at what color your urine is. If it's like if it looks like you know, something radioactive, then probably just you're better off not training. But for us, you know, taking that knowledge of what we've been through and trying to apply it into, you know, a bit more of a day-to-day -day scenario is something that's hugely important for us. And I think there's things like hydration, you know, people can get huge benefits out of just being properly hydrated, not only from a concentration point of view, from like a, you know, work work environment, trip, big meetings. And so before this, I'd have, I'd have had a hydration, not because I'm going to go for a run, because... I don't want to be talking crap, but obviously I probably need more hydrations because I'm talking crap. <laughs> Not at all. No, I, I take a tablet every day now as well. But before 
when it came to like the marathon training, I knew nothing about yeah. uh, that. And I I did end up doing this, funny enough, this program, 75 hard, but drinking like a gallon of water a day. Yeah. I got back on it now thinking I've got 16 weeks mm. to London and just the difference yeah, in yeah. like how alert you feel yeah. and how focused you feel is completely different ball game. Whereas you see what like my, like my kids would drink and you're lucky if they drink a glass a day when you're not looking at them. So you can put it in front of them at mealtime, you know, and just think, what are you doing in school? Teachers don't allow us to drink. What are you talking about? <laughs> Punishment. Yeah, exactly. And it, one of the simplest things to change, like it's mm. not like you have to change your, you know, you don't have to sacrifice going to bed two hours early or whatever. It's like wake up in the morning, have a pint, feel better. Like, yeah. And you and, and it's also quite a simple thing to track as well. Like, like I said, if you, yeah, with you know, everyone yeah. Look, like, look at the color of your urine. If it looks off, then, you know, just drink more. It's such a simple thing. Um, mm. And, and it, it, for me, makes a huge difference. Like scientifically, but hundreds of papers it makes huge difference yeah and we've got listeners now i checked the other day it's gone up 20 countries so 180 countries now listen to this podcast where can people get a hold of on us hola japanese uh konnichiwa yeah, very good uh sorry i'm, 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 I'm <laughs> not, carry on so where at the moment uh, the markets you're focusing yeah. you mentioned you've got someone in south africa yeah primarily uk but where else can people buy your product yeah, we want to make up a big dent in the UK, especially that retail footprint as well. We're in South Africa, so we're in Discam, Take a Lot, and 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 going into others. And we'll get some, we've got some bits over in Norway at the moment as well, okay. and trying to trickle into Scandinavia. But main focus in the UK is make a big dent there first. Yeah, just yeah. I just prove concept completely, and then you know, then if we get bought, is that is that the ultimate goal? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, three years, hopefully. Yeah, like I, I think. We as founders would have to stay within that for for yeah, yeah. a good long while after and imagine. Yeah. But you know, I think a part of retiring early was I want to do a lot of different chapters in my life, uh, and this is a chapter which I've been itching to do and and massively enjoying. And like I said, I want to make sure I've got a couple more room for a couple more. So yeah, we we interviewed Al Barrow, like his first podcast he did after um selling to my yeah, to leave. Is he? Well, I mean, he's a tough guy. Yeah, fair play. He's a really good guy, and that was like two hundred million. Yeah. After I think maybe nine years or something yeah. like that. And again, I think it's a similar thing. Like you, you're yeah. then in that golden handcuffs for, for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, three years maybe. Yeah. But yeah, it's got to be the ultimate goal, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exa exactly. I mean, I, I just want to like, I'm, we're very aware of like where and who we are right now. Is like, like we've come from 15 years of me and Dom like chucking a ball to each other like this. Uh, <laughs> and now we're in like an office trying to lead people and, you know, trying to like, I walked into we pitched boots when I walked in with a, a black eye and a and a like an ankle brace uh, like, a, like a moon boot and yeah, yeah and crutches. It was just like okay, well we're actually we're sitting in the deep end here now. So uh, I think for us this is like huge in terms of learning. You know, building ourselves up a decent con uh, network, but the learning phase is something which like, I've always been curious, passionate about learning, and that that is uh, this is like a brilliant project for us to get properly stuck into. And what? challenges have you say identified yeah that would stop you from reaching that goal in say three years time is there is there anything on the on the horizon competitors yeah. someone huge coming into the space or yeah uh, i mean you look at you know i interviewed richard reed from innocent and you know they did like 500 million to coca-cola north of 500 million he said i always remember him saying like on the he got home on the friday tell his wife and um this is it, literally 500 million deals, sold to Coco, signed the paper, which is like brilliant. You take this back to Ikea, please. Yeah, I stood at Croydon with like a £9.99 
shelf to get get the refund on. You know, not welcome to reality. That is brilliant. <laughs> That's good though. You can keep you humble. Exactly. Yeah. What would be the issue? I think like the first one that I mentioned earlier was the like get make sure we got a really decent MD in place to help run the ship so that you know I guess because at the moment we've got I guess maybe an opportunity cost where me and Dom could be out doing more selling more more this but actually like we're actually a lot of our time spent sort of managing a team but we'd probably be managing them you know not unbelievably well so <laughs> if we create an MD and who can manage them really well but then also we get the added bump of you know more um I guess closer to to the end user um yeah on our side uh that that's a big one so making sure that that hire is done very very well and that'll come from investment like next round of investments potentially yeah so we've just finished up with a mill we're, we're, we're going to do another probably 500 i'm just thinking of a little cute way to do it through some um some athletes which would be quite nice uh, yeah we've, like i said we've already got 15 plus international athletes invested so i just want to really hammer home the point that we are a sports brand yeah, yeah. Can you can you name check any of those athletes that they're? I'm sure you've got or, or ambassadors that you've got that you um, um, that people might, might might know that use the products. Jason Fox. Yeah, uh, we're interviewing him for a podcast. So yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, make make sure he's uh, make sure he's good. Right. Oh, we'll literally say that because Johnny Wilkinson and Jason Fox are the first two interviews. Oh, lovely. Yeah, uh, yeah. A number a number of. I'm sure you can go and look at company's house or something. But another number of athletes. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> insert space insert space yeah so i think the md is a, is a huge one for us because like as we are we know our weaknesses as athletes i think because we're constantly told like no you are crap at this you do better at this and then you got to change it within a week i'd say we know our weaknesses and that is like an area which we could definitely get someone in to help boost but then yeah you know there could be another pandemic there could be there's all sorts of things you can't plan for but i think yeah. you know we've, we've got a good We'll have a good good amount of money in the bank to to go and do what we need to with a bit of contingency in there as well. So it's exciting. I think yeah, I think more it's making sure that me and Dom are laser focused. Uh, yeah, and getting someone in to really help manage and drive the team. So be so as we were chatting to you before, be be aware of the opportunities, but only the ones that align to that goal. That yeah, three years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and kind of working backwards, like we've spoken to a few people who have sold some of the larger nutrition companies, and just trying to work back to think okay. Well, these guys like this sort of thing. They like these metrics. They like this balance between retail and D to C. How do we pre-plan that from a you know a few years out? Yeah. Well, look, always finish up by asking our guests if if they could recommend anyone who they think would be a good guest for the show. Yeah. Anyone come to mind? And again, you don't have to give us the answers right now. You can think about it and uh, get back to us. But anyone that springs to mind, you think would be a great guest for the show? Let us know. I'll say Askell, but he's been on. He is just comedy gold. He is comedy gold, yeah, 100%. Uh, I'll, I'll have a good thing. Should get Eddie Jones on? Yes, well, opportunities at the moment to, to talk. You should get him on. He's yeah. Really, really good. Well, I'm a fan. Are you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always talks a lot of sense when I, when I re- listen to him. Even being a passionate Welshman is a, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, Carter, sorry. Dom's not here. We've done the interview already. <laughs> Uh, but look, wish you wish you all the best. Yes. Big fans of the company. Love love to see you do well. So, George Cruz, thank, thank you. Thank you, Cheers. If you found value in this free podcast, all I ask is that you tell somebody else about it. 
You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the screw it, just do it hashtag. But if you do, I promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks. I'm at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook, plus at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. Alongside the Screw It Just Do It Facebook page, this houses the Screw It Just Do It community and has the most up-to-date information on all things Screw It Just Do It, including all of our live events. I love hearing from you. If you either message me on LinkedIn or email alex at screwitjustdoit.org, I promise to reply. Just give me a little time.